But yeah, I agree. I heard a bunch of weird, everyone's recordings got fucked this week. So Mm -hmm. yeah, very strange, very spooky. But um, yeah, yeah. how are, how are you guys doing? We're good. We actually, I just, for the first time ever, um, you were mentioning Melly. For the first time ever, I uh, like chatted, DM'd with her. She seems cool. She's really, really cool. She she lost her dad around the same time I lost my mom-ish. Oh, wow. So we were in a group chat when I first became active on Twitter in like 2020, I guess. And uh, yeah, I liked her a lot. She ended up leaving, but we stayed in contact because she's uh, really awesome. We talked a lot about, and then we broke up with our partners around the same time too. It's funny, like the death kind of like, yeah, we had a similar, a similar thing happen. She's really cool. I'm I ex- love her voice. I'm excited. Yeah, I love her. I liked, I've listened to now two of her episodes. I'm excited to hear your pod with her. And I'm excited to have you back. Let's do it. We're on, <laughs> we're on thoughts and we're on thoughts and prayers. Take two with um, the famous geotitties. Um, we did, we did this all once already. <laughs> so we're having some deja vu, but I think it's going to be just as rad as it was last time. Um, I think it's gonna be better I don't know if I told you guys but last time I was like super hungover because it was our staff party before and I don't drink really so it was like the first time I had drank in like four months so I was like pretty out of it I, I think it's gonna be even better well, although there's there, there's something nice about being like a, a little bit out of it when you're <laughs> when you're recording yeah, but yeah. I was I was really benzoed out last time and this time I I'm on nothing, but I'm like very sick. So we'll see how that goes. But you seem like in very good spirits and you look in a, you look like you're in a beautiful, sunny place. So I'm happy. I'm happy that that's mm-hmm. energy you're bringing this time. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm blissed out for sure. Sitting in a indoor ham, <laughs> indoor hammock, which is just the best. I don't know. Everyone should have these. Like it's so awesome. And yeah, it's like so bright here and I don't know. It's a really, it's really nice. Like when we, like we grew up here, um, it had it had a really different vibe after my mom passed away and we took over the house so it's been like a slow process of kind of making it our own when we decided we were going to keep it and i'm really proud of my sisters like they've done such a good job and it's really cool it's a super old house like it has a lot of a lot of issues but it's really special there's like a big yard there's chickens and compost and it looks beautiful yeah yeah i feel like yeah there's something about like those older houses like they just like the the details and like all the woodwork and stuff like that houses that are built now just like don't really have that I don't know. no they don't i live in like a literally like brand spanking new condo um and i like how comfortable and everything works and easy it is but it doesn't mm-hmm. it does not have the spiritual charm vibe thing that older houses like your house a i also feel like has like a good vibe like it has like an older feel i know it's not that old but it has an older feel to it you know what i mean whereas like it's like over 100 years old yeah oh yeah Yeah, i didn't realize it was even that old but yeah that's my point like older houses i think like they collect the energy of all the people who've lived there over time whereas like i'm the first person bringing energy to 
this place, this urban outfitters house. That's the joke. That's the joke I make about it. Cause it's like a very like, that's funny. Gentrif- gentrifiers. Hell yeah. House. So I, I call all these houses <laughs> urban outfitters houses, but that's, but yeah. Anyway, we love, we love gentrification. <laughs> it's funny. I like, I'm pretty sure this house is haunted. Like I have a lot of stories from when I was young. Like I heard and saw a lot of stuff. I remember once when I was like, I think I was seven. I was like running through the hallway. The floor, the the floor plan of of both the floors is like there's a staircase in the middle, so you can basically like walk in a circle like forever on both floors. And that used to really scare me when I was a kid because I was like someone could be over there and like I would never know. And one day I was like playing by myself. My sisters were like two, and I ran upstairs. And I turned my head and I looked and I was like 100% sure that I saw myself so much so that I thought there was like a mirror there. And I was like, whoa. And then I like ran up to it, but then it ran away. And I saw that there was actually not like a mirror there. There was nothing there. Whoa. And I like, it was pretty trippy. I like freaked out and told my mom, of course, she was like, yeah, my mom was cool. She was like, yeah, you know, it's possible anything's possible (laughs) might have been like it might have been like an alternate timeline situation too like maybe you did you like did see maybe there was like a collision for like a second there you know i like that i really i really like that yeah wasn't wasn't pool house talking about that i listened to the episode the recast you guys did and pool house was talking about that right he was like that's his theory is like we're all on like a spiritual quest to like unify with our alternative timeline selves or something. Yeah, we're we're both Pool House and I and our friend Fitness Feelings, I think to an extent, are into are into like timeline chat on the on the on Twitter and in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Pool House's mission, I think he he want he thinks that like all of us are coming from different timelines and I have like are starting to converge on the same timeline and he attributes some significance to that i have no idea what the fuck anyone's talking about when they talk about time yeah i'm a woman so i barely have like object permanence i can't like rotate objects and spin my head so like (laughs) timelines it's just like like string theory multiverse stuff ultimately which is like kind of like cringe in a way like obviously like you know like what is what are those movies that everyone watches why can't i remember the name oh my god they're like the most famous movies in america oh, final destination no the marvel the marvel, oh, marvel. <laughs> <laughs> like i was like forgetting what to call them like they're like the most famous like movies <laughs> anyway those movies have all done like you know string theory stuff but yeah like i don't know i kind of believe we don't know what the fuck is going on to be honest with stuff like that. So I'm like, who knows? There could be alternate timelines. We can't even see, I don't even know some crazy percentage of the universe, like 70 or 80. So crazy. Yeah. We like, we can, well, but then again, we've also done episodes a and I, where we said is space even real. So (laughs) who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I don't plan on going there really. So yeah, it's the, I don't have like a huge stake in the issue. I mean, not to like, the last thing I want to do is bring up like any philosophers like Kant or whatever, but isn't there, isn't that like a pretty significant concept in, in amongst those guys, like, like how like wrestling with perception and reality, like the only thing that exists is what you can perceive or not. 
and that's just like what they have thought about for like 200 years i know nothing about philosophy but i it sounds like something it sounds like something one of those guys would uh, would say Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the, one of the best clips online is Twiggy talking to Woody Allen, and do you, maybe I have to help a maybe even you, Geo. I, oh, I know who Twiggy is. Okay, yeah, I know I'm, who that I'm is. Like, anyway, I'm like, I'm like, thank God. I'm like, she's like I, sometimes with like gays. I feel like she's like a gay icon. Sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. with gay icons, I have to help a. Anyway, she's mm-hmm. talking, she's talking to Woody Allen and. He's like, oh, are you interested in anything besides fashion, like philosophers? And she's like, no, I don't know any philosophers. Which ones do you like? And he's like, uh, uh, he's like, I like them all. And she's like, no, but like, what like she's like, but what are their names? And like, he like clearly like can't answer and had like no one, no idea in his mind. It was a perfect, like, it made, it made me a feminist for a second. It was like a perfect, like. He Ugh. thought he was. He thought he was making her look stupid. But I love it. She there made was it. like an old. There was like an old joke in. Uh, I studied music um, in university, and my I met my my first boyfriend there, who was studying jazz. But I was in classical. Like I studied opera, um, and the departments used a lot of the same practice rooms and stuff. So there was a lot of crossover and like a fair amount of competition between departments. And um, we ended up starting a band together and blah, blah, blah. Fast forward, like, we're still best friends. We're actually driving up to the to the wedding that I'm in town for, like, tomorrow and performing at my uh, at the wedding together, which is sick. But he taught me a really great, like, a really, really great way to, like, fake it amongst jazz people, which I feel like applies here also. He was like, anytime you're listening to jazz music or, like, something comes on, just be like, ugh, um, Miles Davis. And there's a, like 80%, 50% chance you're going to be right. And if somebody is like, or just like, oh, the influence of Miles Davis here is like so significant. It's like so significant. And even if you're wrong, just wait until the next song and then be like, oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, this is Miles Davis. And he's like, 100% of the time, you're going to be right. Either one or, one or the other. And someone's going to be like, yeah, for sure. I feel like it's like that with philosophers. You're like, oh, didn't, didn't, didn't Engels say that? <laughs> oh oh no no this this is angles for sure <laughs> i agree you can fake anything i mean i've like had whole conversations about books i haven't read like at parties and stuff so it's totally possible i've done whole podcasts on books i haven't read yes you do that you do that often uh it's a joke it's a joke on the pod but we've We've had pods <laughs> where no one read the book. We've had pods where everyone read a different book. Um, we've just had all sorts of things happen on th- thoughts and uh, prayers. Do you want to, you don't have to, hey, but I think it would be funny. Do you want to tell Gio about your um, shit posting tirade <laughs> you went on today where you, where you ruined my relationship with all the bad gays on Twitter and like like one fail swoop. I, I maintain that I did nothing wrong. No, you did nothing. I I'm on your side. <laughs> of course I'm on your side. You're my partner. Uh, but yeah, I did like antagonize these like um retarded gay guys, I guess. I didn't even know what I was getting into, but basically, well, okay. First, I want to clarify that I was on the side of anti-genocide. Okay, this other motherfucker, okay, was good talking. To, good about, to clarify. Yeah, yeah, was talking about he wanted to genocide conservatards. 
Right. That's how it started. Yeah, he was like, he said something about like, these conservatards like want to genocide trans people. So like, I hope they all die or whatever. I mean, I wasn't exactly that, but that was like essentially what he was saying. And then I wasn't even, I was just like, isn't that, you're just arguing about like which people you want to genocide. Like you don't really think that genocide is wrong. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um I'm and sure that I, that logic, I'm sure that that Flana's logic was apparent to him and he totally was like, oh yeah, I see. But like, really, I was honestly just trying to troll, like kind of goad, like, like bait him into a 9-11 debate. Because I, <laughs> I put in something, I was like, you probably believe the like racist and xenophobic lie that like 19 Muslim men perpetrated the worst attacks on whatever world history so that i was honestly just trying to like be like a, a idiot and like just start shit and i i mean i guess it kind of worked but uh well he got in a fight with the other thoughts podcast because there's a podcast called thought topics which is two gay guys and he got in a fight that started to become up with them and then one of them uh tweeted tweeted me and said saint q can you make him stop being mean to me like i can control like a like a dog or something but luckily i was at work so i just didn't even jump in anyway all the like dissident gay guys uh are against us now i feel (gasps) it's okay (laughs) where where is the other podcast still confused about how they're dissidents but Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like they are. I mean, I've never heard of them, so they can't be that good. <laughs> no, I mean, they do more, whatever. We don't need to trash other podcasts, but they, yeah, they're definitely more like, I told Andrew their one dissident opinion that I've heard on the on their pod is that like, they seem to think that gay guys shouldn't be like disgusting whores, um, which in the gay community is like kind yeah. of a, a radical belief. <laughs> that maybe. Is. It that really maybe is. maybe it would be better if they people were like attempted monogamy like here and there like you know um but that what do you what do you think about that as a gay as a gay man oh well i i mean that's like my whole thing that's like that's like saint q's brand is like i'm like always telling the gay guys to be less less whores and mm-hmm. to try to to try to be a little more uh to try to think of sex as a little more important than they seem to think it is because i do think it's important um and i always talk on the pod about how i had like so much sex that i wish i didn't have and like didn't and like didn't really like feel spiritually fulfilled by but i was like this is what it means to be a young gay guy you just act like you just act like a total cocor and that's (laughs) that's what that's what you're supposed to be doing yeah i mean i did the same thing as a young as a young hot woman like i definitely had a slutty phase my body count is not obscene or anything like i'm not going to share it but it's definitely nothing crazy but you know it is it is like a de- yeah the kind of the debauchery is you know i i remember like i when i was in, i was in europe for a few months and when i came back i went to a bunch of like raves and stuff and they just like didn't have the same vibe because everybody was on coke and i was yeah. like man it's it kind of these parties really suck because like yeah, in, in Paris and, like, Berlin, there's a lot of, like, cringe, like, ketamine art. But at least, like, people are, like, interacting and it's, like, really interesting. And it kind of, like, made me feel like 
like just by participating in that scene in that exact way you're kind of like implicitly putting pressure on other people to conform to it in order to participate and kind of like yeah like perpetuating this vibe and I feel like sluttiness and this kind of like sexual energy like putting it out into the world has like a kind of like a psychic effect on your peers even if even if like you don't talk about it I think it's just like you're kind of you're yeah you're like implicitly training your peers to like relate to each other in this like very careless way and of yeah course. I, I, think, I don't think it's, it's not good yeah, of course. It's like a sp- and that's and I'm always critiquing the gay community for that. I'm always like, it puts this like psychic pressure on everyone to feel like if you're not hooking up, you're like, you know, something's wrong with you. And yeah, so I'm I'm all I'm all for that part of their stance, but they don't. There's no other dissident opinions that they have really. And I like talking to people that like to talk about like, you know, the moon landing being fake and the deep state. And like, I want to talk about shit like that. So I don't really give a shit. Like their their biggest defense thing they do is like they defend Kim Petras. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about Kim Petras. I don't give a shit one way or the other. I have no opinions on her. No. Uh, nothing. No, no. She's got a pretty face, but like, it just, it doesn't mean anything anymore because people like that have had so much work done that like, it's completely, like, beauty has been so, it's like been democratized to the point of like, just, it's completely meaningless. And, like, she's pretty, but like, so. Yeah, and like, everybody's I thought, pretty. I thought it was funny too, like, uh, I think we did talk about this, we touched on this last week, but like, the the I guess everyone's talking about Kim Petras because there was those series of Sports Illustrated covers, and there was Mar- Martha Stewart and Kim Petras. Wait, is Kim Petras is trans? Is a man? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, a man uh, originally, uh, still a man in I, this podcast's opinion. Yes, <laughs> but we're happy to, you know, I as I've as both of us have said, I don't, I don't give a shit. I at least I, I, I don't personally give a shit what adults do and how they live with their, you know, whatever. Fine with that. Um, but yeah, those Sports Illustrated covers are so funny to me because it's like, what? Why does anyone expect anything different from Sports Illustrated? Like Sports Illustrated is has is not going to just put hot chicks on the cover anymore. Like they're gonna do like woke shit. Like I'm sure there's gonna be like, and and I don't even care. Like who cares? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even. It's it's such a funny thing. It's to- interesting. I I do think it's interesting. Like especially like the Martha Stewart thing. My immediate thought was oh, well, demographic, due, due to, like, extreme population decline, demographics are skewing older. This is just, like, normalizing. Like, I see a lot of this, like, older women on... I don't use Instagram, but I see it shared on Twitter. Like, older women, older people kind of sexualize themselves, kind of doing, like, thirst traps in, like, their 50s, 60s, even 70s. And I don't, I'm, I don't think they're bad people. I don't really care what they do, but it is, like, a very interesting phenomena where it's... To me, I'm just like, well, you know, this is just, this is the reality of our world now. It's a lot, it's a lot older. Like the population is, decline is very real. Yeah, Spendy was, our friend of the pod, Spendy, was making some kind of fire points about how like, it's like the only thing she finds weird about it is that, you know, evolutionarily speaking, your sex drive generally drops off which makes sense at a certain age martha stewart's Mm -hmm. 81 (laughs) she's long she's long past procreative 
And I'm not like, I don't care. I mean, old people have sex if they want, like whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to like, like yuck anyone's yum to use the DEI training, uh, you know, lib, libtard language. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do, but it is funny to sec, to, to present her in such a sexual way when mm-hmm. the truth of that age for many people is that sex has become a very incredibly, if at all existent, small part of your life at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's funny to even present her like that. And I, I do think that's kind of... The craziest thing to me was just actually like how good she looked. Yeah. She's in her 80s. Yeah, she looks unbelievable. And, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, whatever like Illuminati like regimen they have her but, on, like working, I guess. Yeah. I like, mean, have she, you heard she's incredible? Have you heard the theory of like the reason why this like evolutionary theory of like the reason why societies with like monogamy um like succeed, or, like monogamy has like persisted is because men don't get like so like they're not they're not they're not afforded so much privilege in the sexual marketplace that they basically lose all productiveness and like because they're anchored to kind of like like not only is it better for child rearing but like ostensibly because like okay like polygamy like one man to many wives is like essentially it's not that much more dangerous for children or offspring than monogamy like generally speaking women are pretty well suited to that but their argument for like why that didn't persist is because those cultures, the men were too busy fucking, they were too busy chasing pussy to like get anything done. And like, I think it's kind of interesting because you think about like aging women and like their kind of like lack of like, you know, their lack, like you said, like their, the, the, the decline in their sex drive and stuff. It has to be like the reasons because they're, they're meant to provide, I think maybe even Spendy was tweeting with this, like they're meant to provide like a lot of other really important things to society. Like they're meant to be a, like a cultural library wisdom. They're like, they have so much knowledge that is like so valuable that for them to be kind of like the object of desire throughout their whole lives would, would kind of, I think, displace some of that importance. But now, you know, we have really no like ancestral like connection. We have no, we have no we feel we think we have no need for elders in in many cultures and yeah well the other so they don't have anything to offer but it's also like if you have one man who's married to like 10 women or whatever then like aren't there also just a bunch of like incels running around right where they have nobody you know which I guess is kind of what we yeah. have now anyways, but <laughs> yeah, I guess, but there's like wars and I think, I don't know, there's That's wars and shit. Die in the war. <laughs> I don't know, sorry, <laughs> not advocating for incel genocide. <laughs> this is an anti-genocide. I had to teach a bunch of like 11 year olds about the Crusades this week and like, that is sort that was sort of a thing like left like kind of like leftover men like were like encouraged to, to go to battle and to go to war and things like that especially like in wealthier families if you weren't going to be like the heir right because like to preserve like familial wealth uh the oldest son just inherited everything so like the spares they did go off to war. Mm, the spares. <laughs> yeah, like the backups. And the way, and, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think monogamy, 
I, the the biggest reason I think monogamy, like I don't, I hate when people are like, monogamy is unnatural, um, or it is natural or whatever, because it's like we, we're not like I, 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 as much as I like harp on here about how we're we're moved by biology. The truth is, is like we are post a lot of like stuff like that in the sense of like we have to we have to make decisions that work for society. And I think it is good personally that men who would be the more likely to not want monogamy group um, are tethered in some legal way to the, the the women they have children with. I think that's I think that's for sure probably a good thing to have which is one of my one of my like big gripes with people who like I'm in the age where I would like to start thinking about having kids and um you know it's 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 been like a bit of a a bit of a, I didn't realize I wanted kids until my I lost my mom like two years ago so I think given that, that time frame I'm doing pretty well but you know it's still like it's the reason my ex and I broke up because he wasn't ready um and since then, you know, a lot of people who I speak to will be like, well, you don't need like a man, like you don't need somebody, you know, you can be a single parent. And, and it's, I completely disagree. I'm like, no, that's not true. Even sure if I were just like, to have someone it sure home. helps. Even in the context of you being like, well, you have two sisters, you guys have a house together, you have a community, you have friends, blah, blah, blah. All those things are true. And I'm sure that collectively with my sister, my sister's boyfriend, like we have a really tight like household of really good people, really healthy dynamic here. Even then, the likelihood of me at some point wanting to date and therefore bringing an outside male with no affiliation, no loyalty to my family and then having them interact with my child is statistically like so dangerous. It's like the most dangerous thing you can pretty much it's one of the more dangerous things you can do to your child is put them in close proximity or care with a man who's not related to them. No, it's, 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 it's psychotic. It, it <laughs> it's shouldn't, it, it's bad. It shouldn't happen as much as possible. I have, you know, so I have so many, like, I, I was actually tweeting about this. Cause like I went and visited some, like, I have like some more like working class Jersey, like side of my family and, you know, all my cousins, are my age roughly in their mid thirties and they have like three kids and their oldest kid is like, you know, 11 or 12 because they just lived, lived a totally different life. And it was kind of nice to see these like young, like I was, I kept thinking about, it was like these like young, vital, like beautiful moms, like with like all, you know what I mean? Like I was like, they're so young and like, they're still, they still have so much like vitality. Like they're not like, you know, um, like living in Manhattan, you see these just like grandpas, like pushing these like strollers around. And you're just like, you know, like the couples, like the rich couples who have like the one IVF baby at 45. And I was just like, I don't know, just being around these people. It was like nice to see like, you know, all these young people with these like kids. But the truth is, is like none of their marriages worked out because they got married at like 22 and the women have gone through a series of boyfriends and it's been a, it's been a fucking disaster for the kids even though there hasn't and i agree it's statistically dangerous because of all the predatory stuff that's true of men but it's also just bad for kids it's really bad to have like a yeah. you know a man that they get close to 
And then he's no longer a part of your life. And they've like kind of okay. cycled, they've kind of cycled through a few of them have had kids with more than one man. And I just think the whole thing is it's really um it's not good for kids, hundred yeah. percent. Kids, kids, kids should be with their with their parents that birthed them. That's the ideal situation, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like something really interesting is happening with my best friend right now, who I recorded with last time when I was sitting on the couch. She was sitting there with me, um, and I'm sure she won't mind me speaking about this a little bit. But she was actually in a relationship with a woman for four years. She's 25, I think. Um, and they've been to, they live together and they recently opened up their relationship because they not from like a not in like a things aren't going well we should start seeing other people but actually rather just like things are going totally fine like let's I don't know she, I think she just missed dick honestly because she's like you know I guess closer to bi than just a straight a straight lesbian relatable and, and sure enough uh, she they had already they had already planned on having a kid through a sperm donor together by the time they were like 28 like in another few years but sure enough she went on a date with this guy they really hit it off they've all but fallen in love and she's realized that she actually wants to have a child with a man it's brought out this entire feminine side in her she's totally reevaluated her the whole like kind of trajectory of her life as a gay woman they've since broken up she's looking for somewhere else to live and it's just like really crazy and the, the big thing is she's like oh like actually and she and she asked me she's like what do you think about having a kid with two women i was like well you know the ideal is having a mother and father exactly like you said but some people don't even have either of those you know mm. yeah it could be it could be said that for a lot of my life i had like 0.5 of a mom so like i mean you know, I think and that, i turned out okay but yeah it's pretty interesting now she's like yeah totally i think i think i think two women if I had to be like, um, like speculate is, uh, is better than two men likely. Um, cause at least the child's mother is still there, you know, but yeah. the truth is, it's like, you know, and I don't want to tell gay people not to have kids. I just think the truth is, it's like, obviously like the two people who made you are important, you know, they just, I think they are important. That's a yeah, good I mean, way I of saying it. A, ch a child that lo grows up in a loving environment where their, you know, emotional needs are met will probably be okay. You know, that, I mean, at least that's kind of my opinion, but, and there, and there's different ways that could happen, but, um, and, and there's ways where the, there's a parent, you do have both parents, mother and father, and they're totally neglectful or whatever anyways, you know what I mean? So. Of course. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, did this work? Keep talking, guys. I'm just trying to make sure that I I, I was just gonna like hold on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I definitely am not like I don't think gay people shouldn't have kids or anything. But she asked me my opinion, and I was just like, well, to be honest, exactly. It's pretty much you said it really well. Like I think like, that's kind of yeah, it's kind of the ideal, but it can be good, you know, either way. But it's really interesting. The other thing that I was like thinking about was like okay maybe like after maybe there's like sort of a biological clock in terms of like relationships where like I'm sure somebody has said this is like a really basic observation but like it kind of makes sense that after four years you would kind of have this like itch to like either open a relationship or like do something because by that time you know typically throughout history throughout most of human history you would have a kid by then 
Mm-hmm. So, like it kind of makes sense that you that you know she had this kind of like feeling like something was missing it's because something kind of was missing the timeline yeah, yeah that's it is quite it sounds like a, a quite a journey yeah so is is she gonna go with this guy do you think yeah they're seeing each other they're um they're really cute they're super nice um but he, you know she she was uh she's really smart and really kind she made it clear she wasn't you know wasn't breaking ending her relationship like because of him or for him or anything like that and she just was doing it for herself and reevaluating kind of what she wants um very amicable and her girlfriend's a really great person so yeah Yeah, i just just because it's the ideal doesn't mean i think it's the only way that you know kids can have a healthy life and obviously like a said i've met i've like met many like completely heinous straight parents who are like sure. complete, completely ill-equipped to uh raise kids and like sh- probably should not have had kids or been allowed to have kids so i mean like yeah there's there's a lot of you know uh yeah there's there, there's a lot at play here totally um are you seeing a like recording don't worry don't worry I'm, I'm fixing it right now i know oh, every, okay. you know everyone's like looking at the cat i was like i thought it would be really easy and ignore it this is an it, ignore it just ignore it it's gonna be fine in like literally one second okay you is like um yes, activating a bomb <laughs> i know i like it's funny because i thought it i i, I like i thought it would be like so easy i was like oh just when that thing comes up i'm just gonna click like all this stuff like right away and it's all going to be fine um and i think that that's about to be true all right i I trust i trust you all right it says one moment please your order is the meeting it has now has unlimited minutes okay we did it just in time that was like that was like right at the wire down to the wire it's so fun so Okay, we've done gay parents, gilf, uh, gilf, <laughs> back monogamy. Yeah, monogamy. Why? Why men need it? Probably. Um, what do do we have other things? We have a docket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we really even. Um. Have- oh, I actually wrote some stuff. Where's my phone? I made like some notes on my phone. Um. It's not on the docket, but did you guys see the video of that pregnant nurse getting oh let's talk about that stolen? That's good. That's 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 some crazy shit. Yeah, what's your what's your initial take, Gio? What's your initial take on that? We'll Well, describe what happened in the Okay. So there's this video of this woman. I would say she's like in her early late twenties, early thirties, probably renting a city bike, one of those like uh, in Montreal, they're called Bixie bikes, but you know, like the you know credit card, whatever. Yeah, she's bikes. A and the the clip is pretty short; it's like ninety seconds or so. Um, and you don't really get a lot of context, as you often don't in these clips. It's you know conveniently trimmed to show just her hands on the bike. This um, young man's hands also on the bike, who happens to be black. She happens to be white. And they are obviously fighting because she's saying it's her bike. He's saying it's his bike. She's saying you're harming my fetus. She's six months pregnant. She, which she tells him, she says, I'm pregnant. This is my bike. He's saying, no, it's my bike. It's under my name. It's under my credit card, whatever. And they're sort of like wrestling over it. She starts to say, you know, help, help me. And this young man, who's also accompanied by like a group of like five or six other kind of young guys, definitely younger than her, I would say start you know just like berating her for her like fake tears her fake outrage she's making about race blah 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 and she, and uh they were, they were 
They were black and she was, I guess, white. Yeah, and she was white-ish or something. Yeah, and they end up getting into this, like, tiff about it. But she kind of lets go of the bike. Um, and that's and that's kind of that. So it was being, you know, it was being, you know, paraded around, around Twitter, around the timeline as if, like, you know, yet another Karen. Um, you know. Yeah, well, it's sort of like that what color is the dress thing. Where the video, you know, it's always like perfectly, yeah, set up so that there's like these two opposing like interpretations mm-hmm. of what happens in the video. So mm-hmm. yeah, like one you have like this Karen just like freaking out and like her privilege and demanding the bike and whatever, and on the other mm-hmm. hand you have. Um, whatever that she was like this you know like pregnant woman being like kind of ganged up on by these like dudes or whatever and well i think i think it's important to add before we talk about it more that she like essentially it seems as if she like lost her job because of this video or like she was like Mm -hmm. suspended without pay from her job which is like and i i think that like when i see these videos um well, I think they're, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, I think they're algorithmically boosted to produce exactly the effect that A is pointing Absolutely. out. Because I think that, like, you know, living in New York City, and all, all three of us live in big cities, there are interactions along the lines of what you see in a video like that all the time. All the all the time, there's minor altercations, interactions, someone's flipping someone off, someone's saying, fuck you, there's a disagreement, someone cuts in line. I mean, it's just like, if you are in the downtown part, if you're in an urban part of the big city, things like that are happening kind of constantly, like, you know, like around you. Um, And I think these videos take these like small slices of little things happening and then they get algorithmically boosted because they drive the exact type of outrage that a is talking about. Um, and then it's like this actual story of what happened is like totally lost. Like it doesn't even matter anymore, you know, cause there was a similar video on the timeline this week of these like black, uh, teenagers in London doing these, like t- this, like, I guess, I don't know what, what to call it, a TikTok prank, but it seems like breaking and entering, but they were like, <laughs> like, they like walk into this like upper middle-class looking family's home. And they're like, oh, like, we're just going to go in random homes, which would never happen in America because you'd like get AK-47, like off the porch. But anyway, I guess in London, that's, you know, how it rolls. And like, you know, the couple is like alarmed. They don't say anything like (laughs) racist or anything, but they have, they have kids in the house and there's strangers inside the house. Anyone would act, anyone would act exactly how they acted. It was a totally normal reaction. Um, But that turned into a whole like, you know, rage bait thing too. And then I, then I thought about the Jordan Neely video and my friend last, my friend and I were talking last night about that video because we were like, there was a bunch of people. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. I don't want to see someone die. I, but I like, um, but my, you know, a lot of people are on Twitter. The libs were like, how dare, like, why, why didn't anyone intervene? And her and I were like, we both would have been out of the car the second the train stopped. Like, we wouldn't have even looked back because you yeah. don't, 
uh, you protect yourself. You don't engage. And I would never engage in a physical altercation in any way, shape or form. And we both had had weird experiences. Like, like I, you know, I've been like pushed and shoved and things like that. She had these guys, this group of like uh, guys, teenage boys, like push her down and like pull her hair once and try to take her purse. And we were just both like, both of us would have been like out, like out, you know, but it's like, but everyone like looks at these situations and like makes a story in their head. And it's just fascinating. But yeah, that video was a, a perfect example of that. It was like, it's like the perfect video to make everyone mad. Yeah, it's so crazy. And like, in case anyone listening isn't aware, it came out, I think today, that in fact, the bike had been rented on her credit card. And then the guy, I guess, like redocked it and then covered the QR code so that she couldn't rent it again or whatever. So of course, it looks one way, it ends up it was the other way. And you know what, maybe she is racist also, that could also be true. Everything, all all those things could definitely be true. Um, But yeah, I agree. It's like, totally insane that these videos are being are being, you know, signal boosted like this. Um, It's really to the detriment of like everybody's, you know, everybody's mental health to to even see them. Um, I mean, and that's just how, that's the whole news. Like everything is just, yeah, it's it's traumatizing. And Mm -hmm. like, honestly, if you, especially if you are like consuming it without like that, able to take a step back from it and understand how, like manipulative it is or whatever yeah it's so manipulative and it's it's like it's meant to make race relations as awful as they can possibly be um race relations have degraded in this country so much worse and worse and worse you know um and it's it's meant it's meant to do that and it's like Ultimately, those moments, I think, are, like, ultimately meaningless. They don't say... I don't think they say anything about the broader culture. They're they're very rare. They're very rare. They're very rare. And they're they're just random events that are, like, happen in crowded places. And it's, like... And they get... Rare, horrific events get amplified and signal boosted. Like, you're saying that that's the front page story every... And it's, like... Yeah, it's not really actually relevant i mean there's any you could talk about any number of pleasant interactions that happened or whatever you know that no one gives a fuck yeah. or like moderately horrifying yeah. instances like men and like otherwise handsome men you know wearing ill-fitting blazers backpacks on riding those city bikes at all they're <laughs> so ugly those bikes they're <laughs> they handle horribly they're so heavy yeah nobody should be riding them nobody <laughs> And the truth is, is like the, the 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 dramatic, like, and I don't even know, like, the the dramatic nature of the escalation. This like pregnant woman is like losing her job over this. It's like so. It's just the whole thing is so ridiculous, and it's like, yeah. And like, honestly, I'm kind of like, even if she is racist, like, she didn't hurt anyone. Like, I'm sort of like, so yeah. I'm like. I was, I remember laughing about that when the Amy Cooper thing happened in the dog park and they were like, um, you know, what she did was like, I guess, more aggressive, like, or what, or whatever she like, I guess she did threaten that guy in some way, shape or form. But I remember laughing about that because I found out that the, the 
the place that she adopted her dog from was like going to take the dog back. And I was like, racists can't have dogs now. Like, I was like, what? Like, I was like, that's, it was like so crazy to me that like, she lost her job. She lost her apartment. And then like the weird, like the, the animal, like no, was, were people calling the animal shelter? Like, you know, I will say though that like animal adoption, I don't know if either of you have ever tried to adopt an animal. They are like the most fascist fucking organizations <laughs> ever. It is fucking crazy, dude. Like I remember looking into adopting a dog and we have a, like we have a house with like no kids. We have a few cats, but they're super good with dogs. We have a huge yard that's like fenced and we were looking into it and they were basically like they have to do like multiple visits to your home it has to be like perfectly enclosed you need to have like no holes in the fence you need I don't even think you were we were allowed technically to have cats I think we were gonna have to like lie about having cats the whole the whole thing I was just like this is just totally insane like I don't want anything to do with these like fucking like condescending like nanny state dog hawkers (laughs) like what the fuck so I just bought a dog I was like I'm just gonna buy a dog from wherever and I ultimately, you know, it was their choice, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember talking, this wasn't even adopting a dog, but we were like, wanted, God, we're going to sell like such yuppies. But we wanted like, uh, we wanted one of those like uh, golden doodles during the pandemic, like everyone wanted. And I was like mm-hmm. calling like some breeders, like in the, like the general like tri-state area. And it was like, first off, I felt like I was buying like blood diamonds. Like it was <laughs> Like, <laughs> everyone was acting so insane about like the demand it's so true for the dogs and they were like and and then I was like and then they were like I had to like with some of them they made me go through like a 70 like question like questionnaire and I was like lady I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you five thousand dollars like I want to give you five thousand dollars and I want to come pick this fucking dog up like I can't believe I have to answer all these questions it was just yeah. like you know it's what I mean? so crazy yeah like I'm, I'm giving you yeah seven thousand dollars like soon i swear to god soon it's gonna be like that with cars it's gonna be like i don't know yeah. oh yeah like oh my god my friend bought this is like so off topic oh, my, my friend bought a car today and they let him take a picture with like a bow on the car and then they and then they wouldn't let him uh take the bow with him when he left, which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. He was that like, really funny. he was like, I spent $30,000 and like, they, I couldn't have the bow. I was like, I would have just stolen it. Like, what are you going <laughs> to fucking do? Yo, I, I, I have a, I have a shoplifting problem though. So no one should take advice from me. <laughs> I, I, I steal things every once in a while too. Um, the best part of being on the west coast is being near a whole foods because i can steal essential oils straight i don't feel bad jesus's pocket yeah we're taking it back we're taking (laughs) back what's ours (laughs) um also i just wanted to say about this lady with the bike at the end of the day she's a pregnant lady right and she was like dressed in scrubs and she was clearly outside a hospital. So, like, I'm assuming she was getting off work and just, like, trying to go home. It's these other, like, young dudes, whatever. Like, just give her the bike, bro. You know? For that sure. I remember, like, when I first started boxing, my first boxing coach was, um, he was on the Canada Olympic team. And he was training this other guy. And the guy was, like, late 
to our session we like trained in an alley out of like his garage it was pretty sick and he was like like late and we were like he got there and he was like kind of a little bit uh a little bit like shaking like what happened and he was like well he had been boxing for like six months maybe so like still very very new um but he was like well I was like walking to my car in the in the underground parking of my apartment my downtown apartment and this guy like walked up to me and grabbed my bag and he was like without thinking I just immediately one two just like threw a one two right in his face like not even hard but he said his instinct was like so fast to just immediately hit the guy like with a really fast one two that the guy just like dropped it and ran off and I thought that was pretty sick like obviously that pregnant women should not have done that and that's like not the same situation (laughs) and I'm also not delusional enough to think that like all my training as a fighter it like somehow is like gifted me with enough strength to take on any man like I'm not an idiot but there is something to say for like I don't know for having like at least a modicum of like a reaction and awareness and I just thought I just thought it was sick I was like bro that's awesome yeah that quick reaction where it's like you flip the script and kind of like Mm -hmm catch them off guard or whatever totally i remember a friend telling me a story where some like guy like groped her on the subway and she like just like you know i understand people freeze whatever like and you know she didn't say anything and then just like got off the car but i was like why didn't you just start screaming like why are you grabbing my vagina like why you know what i mean like like that like i'm just like why don't you just like just freak the fuck out like this man is grabbing my vagina that's literally that's literally what i did i spat in this guy's face (laughs) and started screaming at him and everybody on it was a really crowded bus and so they all kind of like closed ranks around me and like made like a body shield yeah i mean and the yeah and the guy with sorry tell your story but this guy was like well-dressed like business guy and stuff i'm like if he's gonna if you if you freak out like that like I think probably he would, you know, whatever. Anyway, finish your story, Gio. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. But yeah, this guy was definitely not. He was like, a, <laughs> yeah, he was not not well mentally. So I ended up getting off the bus. And um, it was like I was flying to Montreal to move there that night. So I was pretty busy and I was going to meet a friend for a coffee. So I was like, I got off and everyone on the bus was like, are you sure you want to get off? Are you sure? Like, where are you going? Like, blah, blah. And I was like, I have to go. Like, I'm too busy. Like, I have to go. So I got off and sure enough, he followed me to the cafe, paced around. And like, it was really scary. I like was hiding behind. It was like really quite awful. And I ended up reporting him. Um, and because everybody else on the bus also reported him, plus it was on CCTV, he ended up getting like charged with sexual assault. And the state, the the province of British Columbia flew me back to Vancouver to testify in court against him. I assume because he had some other priors or some other something on the record like they wanted to have him convicted uh, one way or the other so um he ended up getting convicted which who's to say if that's for the best or not but i i'm glad that i i mean i'm glad i reported him i got to see you have to did you have to testify at everything yeah i did and it was really fucked up actually because like i didn't know this but maybe it's not the same in the states but here um if you are testifying in court the the um not the defense the the other guys the, the the prosecutor their team is not allowed to ask leading questions so they're not allowed if you're on the stand they're not allowed to say the car was red wasn't it but they are allowed to say what color is was the car the defense on the other hand is allowed to say the car was red wasn't it so sure enough his defense lawyer asked me he was a like east indian of some sort and she just asked me like really heinous questions like is it true that later on you met up with your friends and you called him a sand beep 
and blah, blah. And she just like, was like throwing around all these slurs. And like, I was like, no, like I would never say that. And she was like, you said you were in your, in your testimony that you were crying. Um, is it possible that to you, all brown people look the same and the man following you was just somebody else and you couldn't see what? it because you were, you were hysterical? Yeah, like crazy shit. And I was like, no, definitely not. But yeah, so it was pretty surreal. Um, but Attacking the victim, that's... Oh for sure. my God. Yeah, for sure. It's, and, it's so, and, and honestly, so what if you had called him that later? It doesn't mean he didn't sexually assault you. What a what what a retarded thing to even uh, anyway whatever that's yeah ridiculous. It's even if you had nice. even if you had called him that in the moment, he still broke the law. You know, yeah, like it's, for sure. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you, Gio. Oh, thanks. It was a long time ago, and and you know, it's uh, it was an experience for sure. I do think you know, reporting reporting stuff is always is always. A, the right move if you can but i do understand i have a little more understanding for for women who decide not to because it is quite an ordeal yeah no it's not easy it's definitely the yeah uh i i do too i i get it i just i think in these situations sometimes i agree with you like just the freaking having a intense reaction can uh can help um do you guys mind if i like do like a do you mind if we do a 180 into a really frivolous topic? Not at all. <laughs> do you mind, A? <laughs> <laughs> we're in a. All I had in the pocket was a throwback to Geo's um, men in backpacks discourse. <laughs> oh, we could do that. I have a really, really retarded story that I thought you guys would maybe have opinions on, but we could do some, we could do some backpack stuff too. You, did, you brought it up. Yeah, I just she said something about like men riding the city bikes wearing like bad backpacks or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that tweet is kind of old news now, but it is interesting how like it kind of does dovetail a little bit with you know signal boosting racist shit was how it was in its own like small way signal boosted because there was more more vitriol and activity and and um, engagement with that tweet than any tweet I've ever posted, and it was simply grown men in backpacks why and i got death threats and dumb bitch shut the fuck up nobody asked you and like men were like very mad very like very mad of someone like like two stick figure or like one stick figure like disemboweling another yeah. one yeah <laughs> yeah and one guy saying i bet she would fit in my backpack which i assumed was like a reference to cutting me up and putting me in a backpack uh <laughs> It is yeah. funny that got people so angry. I like to do, I liked, I tried to do one today where I was like, men shouldn't eat cake, which was a, <laughs> which was a, which was a follow up to A's post about that. Um, I just like say, I just think it's. I was not anti men eating cake for the record, but. What did you say? It was deviant or decadent or something? Depraved. Or depraved. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't know. I just think it's but I just think it's funny. I think your tweet was funny and I think it's funny sometimes to uh just antagonize a whole uh group group. I mean, shit posting is shit posting. It's like it's fun to do sometimes. Like I I tweeted recently I I, I I tweeted recently that I I thought Saudi Arabia's laws on women driving are correct, you know? Like 
do I actually believe that? Not really, but who cares? It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I think sometimes you just gotta yeah, and it, it's a funny observation. You do look a little gay with a backpack on. Obviously, I understand there's reasons for carrying backpacks, <laughs> but it's funny. It's it's funny. It's a funny thing to point out. You it know? is funny. I thought I tweeted last night about uh, about buying these like insane mesh shorts um, and tanning my pussy in them, which I thought was really funny. Um, but then I was quickly accused of thirst, of posting thirst trap, which I didn't think it was because it was literally like a close up of my leg. But I was uh, swiftly corrected by um, my ex-boyfriend, actually, who said that is definitely thirst trap. And don't you know that like the thigh? OK, like he was saying that like men are really into women's thigh fat, like specifically the fat. And like, Honestly, the, re the, re the replies were so Oh, funny on that I read every reply I was like what I was like you're into thigh fat like literally I I don't like that about myself it's like one of the things that I try to like minimize is like when my like when my like athletic shorts like compress my thigh so that there's like a bit of fat bulging on either side like that to me is gross it's like not and I'm not like a fat person but I have like you know I lift I have big legs and like, I don't like that. And so I didn't understand at all. And he was like, how can you not know that women are so oblivious? It's like the number one attribute of like hentai anime girls. And I was like, well, I don't like watch hentai, actually. I know this is probably like shocking to you to hear, but like, I don't really watch porn. And I definitely don't watch hentai. Um, but sure enough, like a few hours later, I was just going the timeline and I saw some like horny picture of some anime girl and I immediately saw it. I was like, oh, I see. She was like fully clothed except for that one area. And it kind of like made, made me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, oh God. So I deleted it. Maybe I thought, maybe I thought, I thought the dude that commented will sexualize any part of a woman's body was funny. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, because I, I do think it's true. Like guys are just so horny. Uh, and I, I always am like trying to explain to women. Cause I just think guys are so much hornier than women. And there's like a biological reason for that. But I'm like, yeah, like the sex thoughts that a guy can come up with are like, generally speaking nothing compared to what women, women can come up with you know yeah. um sure. so I just I just thought the replies to that were funny because lots of dudes were like yeah like we'll sexualize your toes and it's like it's anything anything yeah. yeah that was like it, what they always say like in the Victorian era they had to put like skirts on tape on desks because like <laughs> cover up like the legs because everyone was so repressed they were like getting horny for like the legs of tables damn totally those, dude, those dudes they, they didn't even have to try to jack off to a to martha stewart they they were trying to jack off to like table legs yeah they, and they like had it, they had it rough like <laughs> and i get it that twitter like is a horny place for like a lot of men and i don't think there's anything like wrong with that like women there's like themselves. for sure but like i definitely don't i try not to like engage with that i don't really want to attract that kind of attention um i try like pretty explicitly to not so yeah, like to not you don't, you don't have I I'll, I'll be foster honest. that kind of that kind of like profile, but I have like I've like you know inadvertently attracted some like more depraved comments in the past, and it doesn't make me feel like upset, but it is like it's not I don't I just I don't really care, but I just like don't it's not the kind of thing that I really want. So I was kind of like in a way, you know what? In a way, I'm grateful 
it's a learning experience. And then I posted a poll asking like, is, does this qualify as a thirst trap to you men, women? Yes, no. And yeah, I mean, at least I'm not alone. I, sh I showed my little sisters the picture and they were both like, what? That's not, that could, that could belong to a nine-year-old boy. That could belong to like anybody. That's like, just like a leg. I don't get it. Like we just like, women are just oblivious, I guess. Oh, in some ways. I have a, I have an update. About Lonely Fag just tweeted, I would be so embarrassed if I had taken the opportunity to be on Thoughts and Prayers, especially as my podcast debut. My instincts are so good. Is he going to go on Thought Topics now? Probably. I mean, I I asked him, like, literally, like, podcast one. Oh. Like, when we were, like, still, like, way, you know way back in the back in the day anyway i just thought that was uh, an update to the drama that a has uh <laughs> that a has. i don't love it i've never had any twitter drama before so maybe the hair i i really don't it, the thing is is like people one thing you have to like try to like cultivate on twitter is like and this actually ties into Geo's like not wanting that picture to be viewed as a thirst trap. It's like you just can't give a shit what like anyone thinks or says about you on Twitter because yeah, like it doesn't matter. Like if people think that like I give a shit about this podcast in a sense of like it's it's like core to my identity. I don't. Um, <laughs> I just do it because yeah. I just do it because it's fun. That's what it is. Like posting is fun. That's what I tried to tell him. Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't like I don't think before I post. Like I really don't. Like the I just like whatever dumb thought like floats through my mind, I just immediately post it. And that's why I think the people I think people like that. I think it's delightful. And I also think it helps like you shouldn't you shouldn't take it seriously because at the end of the day, it's not real. Like I have like a mandate to meet as many of my mutuals as possible. Cause I think every time I do, I get like a little gold star or something because I feel like it's like crossing the bridge, like the disembodied bridge of like internet in real life um and you know like if i if i was dating somebody and and they were like you know i you know this kind of posting me uncomfortable or whatever like could you delete like I, I would do it in a second like i don't care even if if i wasn't if i was with somebody and they were like can you delete twitter i'd be like sure i don't give a fuck and i and and furthermore i think if you're not prepared to like walk away from access to the internet for any reason i think you're not going to make it and i i think that like at some point at some point, probably soon, there will be a case where like, it's going to be either digital ID or no internet. And I think a lot of people who qualify themselves as like dissident, COVID critical, <laughs> you know, radical people are going to cave because they, because they take it too seriously and they're not going to be able to walk away. They're going to be fucking hypocrites. Oh, if they, sorry guys, my like body is like increasingly falling apart, but if they, um, <laughs> I really, I, I might have COVID again. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for that to be the possibility. Um, but uh, if they, I will walk away. I'm telling Elon Musk right now. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I, it, or, or if they try to say you have to pay for it or you can't be on it, like I'll, I'll nuke the whole account. Like I don't care. Like i i will find another outlet I'll, I'll go i'll go podcast in the park i'll be a i'll, I'll live podcast i'll just i'll just <laughs> i'll sit on a park bench and share my opinions that way but they oh, they're not gonna, there. they're not gonna get me <laughs> so. oh, <hell> no. <laughs> just wish that guy had put up more of a fight <laughs>
and he blocked me. So he, there's there won't even be like a you know a rematch. He's kind of dissing. He's kind of implicitly dissing me also. Yeah. <laughs> You better watch it so you're involved too now <laughs> now i'm wrapped up in it yeah I, the thing i think is funny is that like it, and i guess we do it too to an extent like because like you know where there's a little community like i would say well we have our group chat a but then like i think like of i think of like geo and melly and people like that as like circling our little orbit and like yeah you defend your own and that's all they're doing all these little faggots they're just they just have their little crew and yeah i don't know they got they got they got a little tiny smidgen tiny smidgen of clout from uh posting vaguely edgy things and they just can't take it when the real bitches show up you know what's their what's their take on, what's their take on covid i wasn't even mad like i'm still not mad. Like, what is happening i need like, to make it i need to make a meme where you know that I'm meme. Mad. you know that meme of the girl coming up behind the other woman and it says how uh how fake bisexual girls look when real lesbians come up i need someone to make one where it says how fake posters look when real shit posters come up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna I'm sad that I wasn't on Twitter like actively at the beginning of COVID because I would have like all the receipts for like calling it bullshit right from the beginning, which like I thought was like so obvious. Like it was like so in like on brand for me that I just kind of thought it was like taken for yeah, taken for granted that I never just like was never on board with it. But well, so like what did you think was happening when it started? I guess I thought it was probably an op, but I wasn't sure like why, but to me, it just seemed like fundamentally impossible that like a virus could, a virus that's like not even that bad could like spread across the whole world like that. Like it just seemed so silly to me like the whole idea of it and like nobody I knew was sick nobody I knew was like like had died from it or whatever and it just the whole thing just I don't know like I don't have a, I can't I really can't that's not even true like maybe I maybe I, I don't know I just didn't have I just had a gut feeling that it just seemed like bullshit I think the wiping down of the groceries the standing in line the like arrows in the grocery store I'm like people don't people don't like walk right next to people in grocery stores like by making like forcing people to walk in like one direction is just like ensuring that they're gonna like be touching all the same stuff right after one another. Like nobody, it just like the whole thing just seems so retarded. And I guess, yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to say. I just it was like a kind of a woman moment. It was like a woman into intuition moment where I was just like, this is dumb. I just want to work. And and then my mom, you know, got got sick, so not with COVID, with cancer, and um, nothing was gonna, nothing could really like come close to that. Yeah, for so me, my family. So just like crazy, like like that would almost trump even if you did have some right. fear about COVID or whatever. Like that's gonna kind of take a back seat at that point. Right. And when she died, like, you know, it was really a crazy, like, experience because she kind of kept, she she kept it hidden from us that she was dying. She didn't want us to know. 
so by the time we kind of figured it out it was already so late that I only really got to spend a week with her because I was in Montreal working so I only really got and by the time I got here even she was like in the mental physical capacity of about a toddler um from a lot of things chemo I think strokes were like impacting her brain function so most of the last time all of the last moments we spent together and I hadn't seen her for a year previous to that were basically me in this room actually like literally right here uh they had a bed set up and it was just me like like laying on the floor next to her wetting her mouth with one of those like little sponges calming her when she like woke up and was like scared and screaming um and just like giving her morphine and that you know to to not even understand what's going on and to be thrown into that so quickly and it really it just like clarified a lot of things it made me realize I wanted to be a mother because I guess before that I had been a bit scared our relationship was a little bit strife with it was was wrought with some like some some uncomfortable stuff she had like a bit of a hard life and some addiction problems and stuff but you know in that moment I was like well this is the hardest thing I've ever done and I'm doing it like I didn't sleep for three days but I'm doing it so if I can do this then like surely I can be a mother and then once she was gone, it was like, okay, well, the only way I'll ever access this kind of love again is if I become a mother myself. And furthermore, I owe it to her. After seeing her suffer, you know, I owe it to her to kind of like pass on life the way that she gave her life for me. And once that became, once kind of the scope of life and death sort of like became more concrete in my like mind and spirit and I sort of like understood a little more um about that I just became really resolved to do right by my mother and like my future child and that meant not putting things in my body so the moment I felt any pressure to take a completely novel untested shot um a transfection not a vaccine every single part of my body was just like in the perfect position to respond like very strongly. I was like, Nope, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. Um, and yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of that. And sure enough, like, I mean, it wasn't like a, a super strong immediate reaction, but the, the immediate reaction was definitely no, I'll wait. But sure enough, as I waited, the hysteria just got dialed up over and over and it's it reminded me of like you know an abusive ex who wants you back it just like it's so crazy and saying crazy things and like attacking you and I was like this is just not the not the this is not a public health issue and you you kind of intuited the risk that turned out to be real of fertility issues for people mm-hmm. vaccinated yeah, I think it I think it was pretty pretty obvious. Actually, crazy. The the hospital where I was born, which is only four blocks from here, um, there was a really big I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a really big report that was released a few months ago maybe. A bunch of nurses uh were like, you know, whistle blue. I don't know what the prep past tense of whistleblowers but they basically they 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 call attention to the rising miscarriage uh sorry stillbirth rate miscarriage after i think it's i think miscarriage after however many weeks is automatically a a, a stillbirth mm-hmm. um and it basically was i can't remember the exact numbers it was something like 
one in, I think it was like one in 10,000 up until 2018, 19. And then 2020 to 2021, it went up to 22.5. I don't remember what the larger number is. I don't remember what the fraction is, but it was still about like a six, whatever, like a, like such a huge increase. I can't do the math. I don't know exactly what that percentage is, but absolutely insane, like completely outside any, any chance, you know, um, yeah. yeah it's just it's just horrifying i know That's, people that have had miscarriages or stillbirth really really late miscarriage yeah same it's fucking horrible so sad i actually not to bring it down a notch but i read this absolutely horrific article today about that like i <laughs> i've never even like identified as pro-life although i think that like um I've talked to a ton of women who are friends of mine who have had abortions who say that like they recognize it as like a type of killing of some kind, you know, For like sure. even if they think it's like an ethical type of killing because, you know, they're allowed to decide whether to use their body or not to like, you know, to, to do this, like they they view it that way. But I don't know if you guys saw this Atlantic article about this guy who does late-term abortions. And it honestly shocked me, uh, some of the quotes in it. Um, do you guys mind if I read just a couple to you? Go ahead. Sure, no, I don't, I don't think I saw this. It was, it was so um, shocking to me. So the first part of the article says, um, well, he talks about how when he first started doing it, he had bad dreams too. In the 1970s, physicians did not include fetal demise during abortion, and once or twice during a procedure at 15 or 16 weeks, he used forceps to remove a fetus with a still-beating heart. The, the heart thumped for only a few seconds before stopping, but for a long while after, a vision of that fetus would wake Hearn from his sleep. This is That's the doctor's name is Hearn. He could see it in his mind, the inches-long body, and its heart beating, beating, beating. In one dream, Hearn angled his own body to shield his staff from catching a glimpse. So I guess like when they first started doing these, they didn't even stop the fetus's heartbeat before. And then in 1970, Hearn accepted a job at the now defunct Office of Economic Opportunity in Washington, D.C., where he led the uh, he, he led the effort to open family planning clinics across the country and launched a voluntary sterilization program for adults in Appalachia. Given the link between the eugenics movement and the early birth control movement, the word sterilization can carry an ominous ring. Hearn says, though, that his work was intended to give low-income people choices and reduce their financial hardship. And this is the quote from him that made me really shudder. Families like these, he wrote in the New Republic at the time, uh, at the time require housing, clean water, food, and sanitation. But one of the most important needs is freedom from the tyranny of their own biology. Oh. <laughs> and the last quote that he said is some of our some part of our cultural and perhaps even biological heritage recoils at a destructive oper operation on a form that is similar to our own, even though we know the act has a positive effect for a living person. We have reached a point in this particular technology where there is no possibility of denying an act of, of destruction. It is before one's eyes. 
And this is an 81 year old doctor that's still performing abortions after, after 30 weeks with no, uh, doesn't have to have any sort of fetal abnormality or any sort of risk to the mother or anything like that. So I was shocked and it was published in the Atlantic. It was published in the Atlantic today. Um, what was what? the article about? Like, yeah, I was going to ask. It was a profile of him. So this reporter went and visited him in Colorado. Um, it's like it's like one of the last clinics in the U.S. that will do um, late-term abortions. And, you know, I was really saddened reading it and I, I i i it's 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 shocking to me that and i don't think that's the mainstream lib position that this is ethical but it was really shocking to me because like you know the libs love to talk about like scandinavia and stuff like that and like that that is absolutely illegal in all scandinavian countries just like surrogacy is you know what i mean like oh don't get me started I'm just like my point is is like the li- the the countries that people think of as like the most liberal like have a 12 week restriction on you know abortion uh yeah, that's kind of standard in Europe right like that's standard in all so, in all of so Europe it's so long it's so long i actually like i had a i had a miscarriage right after my mom died with my ex and i didn't know i was pregnant um, and it was a really interesting, it wasn't, it wasn't super traumatic for me. Like it wasn't, yeah, I think I just was so disassociated from everything else that was going on that and I was boxing like a ton. It's kind of like my coping mechanism. So I was super underweight. There was like no chance that baby was going to go full term. Um, but I'll get, a. can I get a little bit graphic? Yeah, of course. So this is like, I guess, called a toilet abort, a toilet abor- abortion, toilet miscarriage, or whatever. It's basically you're going to the bathroom and it just kind of comes out. It was very small. It was like the size of, um, it was maybe like three inches, like two and a, two and a half. But it had eyes and it had a, like a spine, like it had a clear uh, nervous system beginning to form, and it had eyes. It was wow. the craziest. It was so surreal totally freaky i like took it i like took it out and you know i just like showed my sister against her will oh. <laughs> well wow. not against her will i was like do you want i was like do you want to see something well like how do you prepare someone for how fucked up that is but of course my 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 fiance at the time was like i can't see that i don't want to see it and that's totally fair i don't think he had to but women's lives are a little bit more punctuated by blood and um and that kind of thing so anyway it was so wild and like i had no i didn't know like i I was super lean training all the time i had no idea and it had eyes wow i mean i've heard i've heard other women talk about miscarriages and describe things like what you're describing um and yeah, I think it's like undeniable the more technology has advanced that like what's happening inside of women's bodies is is it's not like a it is a human in some way shape or form, you know, like it is. Uh so I don't know, the article was just shocking to me and I like I just think that I I I'm kind of like you know, people have made fun of me before, especially on this side of Twitter because I'm like sort of a moderate, but I'm like 
I'm like, who can look at what this guy's doing and think it's okay? <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand what I I, I don't understand what he, I mean. Like, I do I think abortion should be illegal? Probably I don't, to be honest, because I can't speak. Yeah, I don't it. think that's good. I I mean, it's like because people will still do it. You know, that's what like you know, drugs are illegal, right? People still do drugs and. I feel like it, it and like the law to me just isn't like the the where we should be looking for answers to these types of questions like it's at the level of culture you know like like I think people should be able to have like more of a reasonable like conversation about it and like acknowledge even if you're pro-choice and like think they're you know abortion is like very important for women's autonomy and whatever like just still acknowledging that it is like a complicated issue, like give like just even acknowledging that in just having a conversation, you know. I think there's most women I know who have had them do acknowledge that, to be honest, like intelligent women, you know. Mm -hmm. There's uh there's I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alexandra Kolontai. Kolontai, do you are you familiar with her? Oh, She's like a Russian marxists from like the yeah like the 30s 40s 50s and she was like she was interested she wrote a lot about like family and women's dynamic um and she was like staunchly pro-life um and i believe yeah she it was her position that the leftist position because the working class needs to reproduce itself um to allow the working class to terminate pregnancy was like fundamentally anti is finally like against the interests of the working class but sure enough she saw like in her life like lots of women seeking abortions outside of you know outside of the law like against even though it was against the law and she saw women die so she ended up changing her position later in life but she was like a contemporary of ivan illich I ivan illich illich mm. um if you guys have heard of him uh yeah, we oh, talked. Yeah. We talked about him some when Spendy came on. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so he's. Uh, yeah, so they they were contemporaries of one another, and she, but she wrote a little less about. He wrote a lot of like medical medical stuff, and she wrote a lot about women and the family and stuff, and really really good read. But yeah, very interesting kind of leftist position on pro life, on being pro life. So if they call you, <laughs> they say you're not a moderate. You can just. Be like... Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I got I got into like a few arguments on Hinge with guys. Wasn't that like, kind of Kanye's take a little bit, like when he was or like talking about how like abortion was like the number one cause of death for like black babies mm -hmm. or something? I I don't remember. Some, but it was kind of like along those lines. For yeah. sure, I get I get a lot of flack for identifying as a moderate also because of my anti-vax um position but it's kind of the same I'm like you I mean there's a pretty strong leftist argument for for that as well you know people yeah i mean a lot of people talk about that how it's like yeah i mean it's that it's decimating the uh you know the african-american population um i don't know enough about it to even comment on it yeah i don't um, something like black, black pro-life people anyway are, are we I, I don't even know what time we're at there's no time there. i feel like we've been going for a, I, think, I think we're close to two hours yeah. <laughs> really uh -huh. yeah. 
Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think that we proved that we are, um, we are not just a couple of faggots screaming about Kim Petras. We have um, real conversations on this podcast, and we, uh, we, we radical moderates, radical, <laughs> radical moderates. I like it. um but we love you geo and um, i'm so excited the audios i know it's gonna work this time and uh yeah (laughs) we'll 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 all chat soon i'm gonna stop bye everyone Bye. Bye.